You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots for idiots. Just start getting preamble stuff anyway. Have you seen um, um have you seen the movie Moana? You're welcome. <laughs> so good. The bit where he says, let me sign that with this chicken. <laughs> I call it tweeting. I was just like, but, and my kid goes, oh, it's so funny, I get it. I was like, you don't get it. You don't get it. You, you don't, don't get even it. have a, you don't even have 10 followers. Yeah, I was like, yeah, nice handle. So my daughter likes to watch Moana in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. See, si. So, I'm pretty sure it's Italian. Um, she doesn't speak Spanish. We. Oui. That's French. And neither do I. Hey. That's Japanese. <laughs> you know so many languages. <laughs> you know so many languages. Um, Are we doing it? Are we recording it? Uh, yeah, we've got some preamble. Um, let's Is do it. recording? Hey. Yeah. It's recording. Stop looking at the computer because I'm not recording on the computer. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, people from the left and right wing, hello and welcome back to another episode of War for Idiots. What about the centrists? Come on, centrists. <laughs> WFI, War for Idiots, we are back. We are back. Because am, we've been away. I am rich. For seven days. I am rich, the idiota. Oh, that's a new one. Yep. I, oh, good. Excellent. We just talk about languages, and I am Mick the Dummkopf, which means stupid head in German. It's uh, idiot according to Google. But yes, yes, well, German well. and uh, in Italian words for idiot. And we are indeed the idiots you've been looking for. And today, a very good day. We get to talk about Clausewitz again. Yeah, look, we can talk about him. <laughs> or we can just talk around him. I don't mind. <laughs> Whatever's easiest. Today we're going to talk <laughs> about Clausewitz. Uh, we're going to talk about some of his theories, and that theory is that war has a character and a nature and that these two things are different from each other. And it's a concept mm. that we're going to delve in a little deeply today and see, uh, see how far we can go. Yeah, probably very shallow. So who are we? Well, we are the Siegfried and Roy of war. Hold the sequence, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to literally produce magic. Yes. Audio magic for your ear holes. But on a serious note, we're going to talk about war. And we're going to be talking about it at an accessible level. Uh, we're not going to be here to discount the significance of war. We're going to make it simply more approachable. Yeah. And today, that approachability is going to be through... <laughs> I, love, I love how you can't oh face the show notes. God. So you've got show notes in there for a guest we're going to release an episode with pretty soon. But yeah, this anyway. Is, this is what on. happens when I copy and paste show notes. And <laughs> Let's try, just go to the quote. And try to just go straight off the show notes. I like, I like who you picked for the quote because unlike Mark Twain, who's my favourite author of books I've never read, yeah, yeah. this is one of my favourite authors of books I've actually read. Let me throw down this quote and you can say who it is. Yeah. Quote, he was a dreamer, a thinker, a speculative philosopher, or as his wife would have it, an idiot. And that was from Douglas Adams, author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So, Douglas, thanks for all your fish. <laughs> all right. So, um... This episode, we're talking about another thing from Carl. Carl? Uh, a dead Russian. Yeah, not the meme Carl. Unlike the last episode that we talked about, Carl, it's not a simple quote per se. It's more a, a reoccurring theme that happens throughout his, uh, throughout his work. Yeah. And that theme, and I'll put in the simple sentence, is that war has an enduring nature, but a changing character. Mick. Mm. In... 25 characters or less. Yes. Tell us what this means. 
I would say that this means that the probable, sh the probable character and general shape of any war should mainly be assessed in light of the political factors and conditions. Um, was that just off the top of your head? That was off the top of Carl's head. No, that's, <laughs> that's another aspect of Carl. So the, 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 the nature of war is enduring and the character of war changes. Now, I have an analogy from someone we're going to talk about, but I'm going to do the analogy before we even say who did it. He was a guest on The Dead Prussian. Uh, I'll get the episode number for you before the end of today's show. Um, but he described the nature and character yep. as being like a weather system. Interesting. So the fact that there is a weather system and the general things that happen within a weather system is the nature of mm -hmm. that weather system. You know that a weather system may have high winds, may have rain, may have sunshine, may have snow, uh, may have fog. But the particular way that weather system manifests weather on a particular day yep. or over a particular period of time is the character of that weather system. Yep. So if you think of war as a weather system, sorry, the nature of war as a weather system, there's particular things that happen in war. There's violence, chaos, heaps of stuff. Um, luck, chance, fog, friction. Uh, fog, that's really hard when I'm doing a weather analogy, so let's good, just annoy that, avoid that. But the character is different. You know, World War II looked very different to the conflict in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. There's still wars. Mm -hmm. The same sort of things kind of happened around it, but the, the actual character and the way the conflicts were fought, very different. I like that analogy. That's good. That's not mine. That's from Antulio Echevarria. <laughs> okay, so it was, it was his analogy, was it? Yeah, man. Totally oh. connected. So, look, through some of um, Artulio's work also... Antulio? I noticed you spelled it wrong with your notes. Is it? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, he <laughs> says that all wars are at once same, yet different. Which yeah. I, I think same, it's same, but different. Same, same, but different, which is a really simple way, but, but a very sort of in-depth analysis of, of what we're trying to get to. He says that they have a subjective and objective nature. Now, if you're one yeah. of the guys, like I used to be, when someone says, oh, is that subjective or objective? And you just nodded your head because you weren't sure the you difference. Go, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. That may confuse you. And that the nature doesn't change, only the character. So it's, it's, it's this concept where war, you know, the war of World War II is extremely different to the war in Afghanistan, which you just said. However, yeah. I can also say that the war in World War II is very much the same as the war in Afghanistan. And I would be referring to other aspects. The, the truth of it is, and according to Clausewitz, both statements are true. Yes. Um, and you know, the reality is if, if you can understand that concept, then you're understanding a little bit more war and what Clausewitz was trying to say about war in his unbelievably epic long work. It is unbelievably epic long. In fact, the table's about to tip over. So let's look at it from another angle. Peter Parrott. Uh, Parry, yep. Good. You're the best with names, hey? <laughs> war. War is influenced by forces external to it. Characteristics of the time, political, economical, technological, and social elements. So what, what Peter is saying here is that, let's say war doesn't change. Let's say war, you know, there's a constant feature of war, but what does force it to change, what forces those constant sort of variants to, or they, those constant things to become variants, is the time political aspects, that timing of economical, the timing of technological, and the timing of social elements. So these things are actually influencing what war is. So I think, you know, we're getting many, many different takes on this concept that some things are the same, some things are a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what is your take on what's trying to be said here? You said the weather analogy. Well, no, I've got another one. I've got uh, two more things that I think is going to um, 
blow people's minds brains. Um, sports analogy, and you know how good I am at sports ball. Yeah, um, sports ball. Sports ball. Yes, go sports ball. So talking about a particular type of sports ball, football. So knowing that we have a, a global audience, um, it's actually global because uh, some people on the other side of the world don't know. Um, football comes in very many different forms, codes, natures. Yeah. Uh, characters. But the nature of football is generally two teams have a ball, whether or not it's a oval or a sphere. Yep. And they have to score points with it. Yep. That's the nature of football. And they want to win. And they want to win. And they will generally go and oppose the other team to score. And they'll try and stop the other team from scoring. That's all. The like character, this. though, like is the different code of football oh, like that people play. Soccer. So soccer is a character of football. It's not the nature of football. I like it. You like it? Rugby. Rugby. AFL. Uh, Australian rules football, for those who don't know. A gridiron or North American football, like whatever you guys it. call I it. I like it. At the very essence, there are two teams competing over one ball. Ball to, to score to point. Score. What, what the score is varies from... Yeah, and how you score is different. But, uh, and, you know, that, you know, and then when you zoom down this type of football, different character, that type of football has a different character. You know what? Uh, episode done. Episode done. <laughs> hey, so I'm rich. Can I, can I, I just want to... Um, give a head nod to a book that I found pretty useful. Um, so we talk about Clausewitz a, a lot, uh, and we're probably going to talk about him a fair bit. And we talk about him on the other show, The Dead Prussian. Um, for listeners of this show, though, if you don't want to get your head all the way through Clausewitz's book, which I would argue is very, very time-consuming, there's a book by Hugh Strawn. It's very, very short. It's got, like, pages in it, maybe 225 pages or so. Um, and he does a biography of the book. Yep. So he tells you lots of different things. So the nature of war section, he says things like Clausewitz is changing definitions and, and, and nuances throughout the book. But yep. you don't have to read all of Clausewitz to do that. You just read this book. And it's called uh, Clausewitz's On War, um, a biography uh, by Hugh Strawn. And he does say something about the nature of war. The nature of war was therefore defined in the first instance by fighting. War was a violent act to which there was no logical limit. Its central feature was killing. Yeah. Interesting. Let's go back to that. Let's go and back wait, to that. just a... See? It's a light book. Yeah, that's not too much heft that. there. That's not too, not much, too heft. much heft. Um, so, I think, I think like, I really like your sporting analogy. Um, I like Antulio's analogy. Yeah. Uh, I think there's great analogies out there. Probably the best one that explains, I think, the nature and character of war is Clausewitz's analogy that he utilises. Yeah. Um, and that is the one of the chameleon. Yeah. Which, which really, when I first try to understand this concept this really spoke to me i wish i had the sports one back then i would have spoke more um yeah, and that is you are also a great sportsman and i won't and, I'll, and I'll, 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 i won't try to butcher it too much so basically what you're saying is look at the chameleon when you see a chameleon i can't, I can't find it <laughs> when you see a chameleon, not a common thing in australia but when you see a chameleon it, it's known well, they for, could be we just can't see them it's known for changing its colors uh it adapts to its environment uh, when, when a chameleon is against a tree as opposed to when it's against grass, it'll be a different colour. It'll look completely different. But when you look at what's inside that chameleon, what yeah. makes that chameleon live and breathe, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Two chameleons uh, from uh, uh, different sides of the world look different, but at the inside, they're all the same. So the characteristics are different, but the nature, the inside, what keeps them ticking, it, it kind of same. Now, he said it in a much yeah. better way. I think, way I think all I chameleons are from the same side of the world. Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, the, but, you know, that things are the same, things are different, and, uh, and 
that's that's kind of exactly what. That's war a really is. good. That's a really good way of looking. Thank at you. It. I didn't make it up. Uh, no, um, so let's do some brainstorming. So when we talk about war, when we talk about uh, the nature of war versus the character of war, and what is the difference between here, let's yeah. throw some things around. Starting with, what are some things about war and the nature of war that you would say remain constant? Well, uh, is this competition? I thought <laughs> you were about a to competition. go. So, so I wanted to beat you. So I really like cues. What he said, the very first nature of yeah, war. Yeah, it was, was about defined by violence. Violence, fighting. conflict. And, and I mean, it's almost like... I mean, he took that from Carl. Okay, well, I'll allow Hugh, it. Hugh, I'll allow Hugh, it. Hugh's kind of big in his own right, I suppose. But um, I think it, it's, it seems very basic, but I think it's sometimes worth going back to the very yeah. sort of principles of what this is, that regardless of what type of war it's going to be, the first thing that everyone needs to understand is war is going to be violent. War's going to be violent. Uh, there's going to be killing. Um, it's not going to be very pleasant. What else is there? There's also... Well, are we going to do a competition so you can read it first? No. <laughs> okay. Politically motivated. Okay, what? What are, you, what are you saying there? Politically motivated. So it is motivated <laughs> by the achievement of a political end state. I was going to say go into further analysis, which I have a word for that I'm not allowed to say anymore because you hit a button on your I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what do you want me to do by going into further analysis? I would like you to not go shallower. <laughs> you would like me to go deeper. I'm so sorry for everyone out there. And all those people leaving reviews, don't touch the soundboard. You <laughs> encourage me. Um, politically motivated, regardless of what war, it is going to be politically motivated. And, and linked to that is going to be it is going to be states trying to do something. It's going to be trying to meet their ends, trying yes, to achieve yeah, something. The, the interest, their own desires. And, and although, you know, different states within the same war might have different end states, the, the very fact that they're chasing their own states end states, not... Stop saying states. States like Even states. as parts of other words, it's confusing. But you're right, you know, um, political entities within a war mm-hmm. are chasing their own interests. Even if they're on the same side of the war, their own interests exactly. may not be the same. Exactly. Okay, so what are some character aspects of war? Wait, can we talk about one other thing? Sorry, go. People die. What do you mean by that? So, there's this thing called a life cycle. <laughs> yep. And war can truncate the length of that life cycle. Yeah. Can a cycle have a length? Anyway, that is irregardless. <laughs> Great 19th century word. Um, but yeah, people die in wars as well. It's, w- it's worth noting, sometimes forgotten. I, and look, we, we, we made a bit of fun of that. Uh, the reality is that at, at certain scales, or certain scopes, that's a reality for you in war. At yeah. other scopes, war, that's not a reality yeah. for you. But, but you know, whatever, whatever part of this thing that you're looking at that is war, that, that is going to be a part of it. And yeah. I think an important part to, yeah. to You may to not be the one it. doing the dying, though. Exactly. What are some tangible? Then you can listen to the show. What are some tangible things that would we would define as the character of war? Uh, I think the way you do things in war, like tactics. Mm-hmm. So the tactics of World War One different to the tactics of World War Two. The tactics of Afghanistan different from the tactics of Iraq. Iraq. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know another Afghanistan, but yes, Iraq. <laughs> yeah. So these are different characters of war. The locations. Yeah. Uh, something that's coming... Like recording in the outdoor studio is different from recording in the indoor studio. I am so cold right now. Uh, the different domains... Premium location. Different domains that are coming forward. Oh, no. Let's not... Let's not... Let's not... 
this new Let, type of no, no. new type of warfare. <laughs> no, which is, show policy <laughs> domains are just places. Yep, different places that need a t different type of warfare. I completely agree. <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're gonna do an episode. Multi-domain, are we? We're gonna do an episode of this. Yeah. Okay, so we're just trying I to bring out here some some things that are tangible that we can talk about, where we try yeah. to define what's different in the character aspect, but what's the same in the nature aspect of war? What's the same, same, but different? What's the different, but different? And I think this is important. And I, and I think we've tried to simplify this because we want to get across a really important point. I had someone very senior to me uh, ask me, what do you think um, is the most profound thing that you've learned about war recently? And I said to him, I think the most profound thing is I've learned that there's a difference between the nature and character of war. Um, prior to understanding that fact, I would have said to you that if you want to fight in Afghanistan, you don't need to know anything about what happened in World War One because that was a war hundred years ago. Why would you even bother reading anything about it? Yeah. Because um, prior to that, I'm pretty sure you did say that. Because there's nothing, nothing the same. Nothing yeah. that's going to help you fight Afghanistan. You should be reading about Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now I get it. Now I get what Klaus was. Well, I think I get what Klaus was trying to say. That. Yeah. War is war, and war has... War is war, he's not the only one saying that. Exactly, <laughs> and war has uh, some things that don't change. They're violent. They yeah. are politically motivated. They yeah. are about states achieving something. They're not just there to achieve war, as we talked about in episode yeah. number one. They're there to achieve something. And you're not going to be able to control everything in war. There's a thing called friction. Exactly. There's a thing called chance. Exactly. But... We should do an episode on the Trinity as well. But going. wars are different. Yeah. Wars are different. Same, same. But different. That's right. And Mick brings up the Trinity. Uh, the Trinity is something Clausewitz we'll, brought yeah, up. Yeah, and it ties into the nature and character of war, but we'll probably do that. We'll on do a, a full episode. episode on that, yeah. Um, but to me, to me, it, the, you know, one of the, the most profound things that Clausewitz has, has, that I've come across, I haven't read all of Clausewitz's work, but Just read the war, drawn war is a continuation of uh, politics by other means, blew my mind. But also his theme that war has a enduring nature but a changing character just blew my mind. One is uh, timeless, one is temporal. It, it really makes me think about war in a completely different manner. Yeah, I, I, um, I will save uh, another classic quote about um, the principal responsibility of the statesman to decide on the type of war they want to engage in yep. uh, for another time. Don't but burn content, man. Don't burn yeah, content. I don't want to burn content. But basically, uh, you know, what Clausewitz is also getting at is... Um, the political object you are seeking mm. within your decision to go to war will shape how you fight that war and the ends you are willing to go to to achieve that, that yeah. objective, which will then shape the character of the war yeah. when it comes into, when those objectives, motivations and ways you want to fight that war, but up against the nature of war itself, a character will occur. So, can a character occur? That's uh, probably a big no. I mean, but you know what I mean? Like a character will manifest. Ooh, manifest. Big word. I mean, have this conversation with people. I, when does, when does, let's accept that war has a, an enduring nature and a changing character. Yeah, and that the character is an element of the nature. Yep. When does a character of war become a nature? No. <laughs> and, and can it? Uh, I, I, I would argue that no, because one's it's objective question, and one's, one's it's, it's a hard question because it, it belongs rightfully on this show. Um, subjective and objective. One is subjective, one is objective. When does, this, when does the objective become subjective is what you're asking, or when does the subjective become objective? Um, that's confusing as hell 
hopefully the listeners are confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm confused. And this is what we should be doing. But, we yeah, we should be confusing you. Um, but, uh, I I've don't know, ex- man. I've got an example. You, have, you yeah. have to think about it. Okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me throw combined arms at you. Okay. I do not. So, I am not in a well-defended position. <laughs> So uh, storage is almost full. Uh, let's just keep going and see how far the episode oh goes. Goodness. Okay, so I would say combined arms. You could say that combined arms is a character of war. Okay, combining. You, you, you could. You literally just did. Yeah. So you know, we, combined arms in World War Two, combined arms in in, in Afghanistan. There, there. Or is combined arms a response to the character of war? Or have we been combining arms in every war that man has ever fought? Therefore, the act of combining arms is a nature of war. It's enduring. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think that combined arms are part of the nature of war. But I do think we need to do an episode on combined arms and their history. It, it, definitely. But my point about bringing up combined arms is yeah. it's forcing you to think about it. Is yeah. it enduring? Because it's been around war for millennia. Where does it fit? Exactly. And, and pe- people may not even agree that it's been around for millennia. People yeah. may not agree that yeah, we haven't combined arms until we had air. Maybe they're the idiots we've been looking for. Exactly. But I, look, I think debates like that fascinate me about uh, yeah. war, fascinate me about what Klaus was just saying about war, and I think that's why his work um, is so important, and I'm sure no one thought that until I said it just then. Right, let's just uh, keep going before we run out of storage on our recording equipment. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> Only the best. Only the best. Only the best. So let's um let's take something away from this. Tell me tell me tell me why character nature of war is important to Mick Cook. It's important to Mick Cook because Mick Cook runs another show on Klausitz where we discuss <laughs> issues like this. But it's also important to Mick Cook, if I may speak about Mick uh, and on Mick's behalf, is that if you are out there and you are setting a policy or you are uh, involved in decision-making in war and you think that what you have come up against is new and that war has fundamentally changed and you don't understand the difference between the changing uh, character and the enduring nature of war, you may be at risk of not benefiting from the experience of those who have gone before you. Yeah. It harks at the reason why military history is so important for military professionals mm-hmm. and also policymakers to understand history in general, because you can learn from someone else's experience by understanding this is different. Cyber war, hybrid war, all these things, war is still war, people. And if you think that you're fighting a new type of war no one's ever ever fought before, maybe you're just fighting a war with a different character. But the nature of war can inform you on how you address that character and motivate you to look to the past for some lessons. What about uh, yourself, Rich? Uh, look, that's I really like that, Mick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add to it. I think I think understanding that war has an enduring nature and a changing character. If you accept this as reality, then you're gonna think about war as something that's complex. And every single war that you look at, you're gonna have to sit there and define what is enduring, what is different about this one, what's the same, you know, and, and it's gonna force you to really think about that particular war in a different format. Yeah. I really like how you're bringing learning from the past um, for the future war. Yeah, the past almost as prologue. Exactly, and, and the, the, you know, the book. I think a lot of people um, think that, I, I don't think you can completely learn about the war you're about to go into 
by just studying the past. No. I think that's ever happened. Um, you yeah. need experience as exactly. well. Exactly. And, and, and understanding the future. Exactly. And I came across a really good quote. I, 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 I try not to butcher it, and that's that we don't study military history um, to make sure we don't make the same mistakes in the future. We study military history to ensure that in the future we're not so far off the mark that we can't win. Because I think that accepts yeah. that you're never going to be ready for the next war, but you can try to be as best ready as possible yep. because the next war is going to have a different character yep. from the war that you just fought. Yeah, it's about it's about preparation, um, not about making you perfect. Exactly. And you look at wars, you look how World War One started, look how World War Two started, look at the initial battles that occurred in that, and you would look at these individuals and you'd be like, idiots! You know, yeah. why, why can, how could they well, be so like stupid? Like we were saying on one of our other shows, the, the people that led these wars intelligent people exactly what but you know you could say that they're idiots or could you say they just needed to learn that new character of war yeah. for that war that they are now in fact a lot of people and Hugh talks about in his book uh, blame Clausewitz for the bloodshed uh, of World War One because of his theories being cherry-picked um, well it's a bit unfair to shoulder the whole burden on Carl because you know if people cherry-pick certain aspects of his book that war is, is violent yeah. and about fighting, yeah. then they're not looking at the whole concept of the nature and character of war being different. Take a step back, realise what subjective war you're fighting right now yeah. compared to the objective idea of war. You know, it, it just came I to me know. that you, can, right. you could use an analogy that the nature and character of war are kind of like this podcast. There are some things that will definitely happen each episode. I'm going to be funny, you're not. I will use a soundboard, you will hate it. But the characteristics <laughs> are different. I will use a different sound. <laughs> Your jokes will be different. Correct. So and look, generally, the audience will respond what? better than mine. Applying Clausewitz to everyday life, winning. Boom. Winning. Big Carl in everyday life, TM. Good hashtag. So what's the most, most important thing you can take away from this, Mick? Didn't we just do that? No, nope, we just didn't. wrote stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that my show notes are stuff. <laughs> hey, I think um, apart from just an appreciation of the, of the brain... The mind brain mm -hmm. of Big Carl himself. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most important thing you can take away from it is, particularly for those people that find themselves at some point in the future in a conflict, if you separate the nature of war from the character of war, it gives you what people like to call a condor moment, an ability to sit above and analyse what are the particular aspects of the character of this war mm -hmm. and what can I do to effectively operate within that character. Yeah. And is there something I can do to change the character of that war that works in my favour? Okay. Oh, that's deep. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> yes, you're right, Rich. That is so deep. So deep, in fact, that... <laughs> I'm so sorry. The soundboard comes out. I should out. have said it. Look, what, what I really like about this is, is what Clausewitz is you know is trying to do here i don't know if he was intentionally trying to do it or or this is just the byproduct of how he thought about life he's probably just jotting down his frustrations man but I, I love how it's not about what he's saying it's about what he's not saying i love how he's not telling us what to think but look at the size of the book there's not much he's not saying yeah that's right <laughs> but he's not he's not saying you must you must think like this no, because he, he doesn't no, he does, no, he, he's saying Please think. Please think, exactly right. And please think. And he goes, and he's just saying, I think about war, or war can be thought about like this. And it's, it's just so profound that this dude 200 years ago is saying things that are relevant today. And there's, I remember there was an article that, f that was floating around about a guy saying literally how Clausewitz is no longer relevant to Afghanistan because Afghanistan is different. And you know what? He's right. Afghanistan is different. 
but some things are the same. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. know what I mean? That's right. There are some yeah, that's things right. that endure. The character of Afghanistan is very different. Very different from Prussia. It's very different. Yeah. Very, very, very different. But, but, uh, but some things are the same. Some There's still same. violence. People are still dying. There's, there's a political objectives competing against each other. There's countries that are still trying to achieve their aims. Yeah, and, it, and let's say political entities because, you know, not everyone's a recognised state. I mean, it's a exactly. dream, but not everyone gets there. Exactly. So if you can fathom that character has a enduring nature, yep. but a... The war has an enduring nature. Not what did I just say? Oh, my God. Oh, you have taken the wrong lessons. Or have I just blown everyone's mind? Everyone's mind brain is just like, character also has an enduring nature? Yes, excuse me. So the character has an enduring nature and a change. No, oh, my God, I said it again. I'm right, sorry. Do you want me to take over? Can you please take over? So that war has an enduring nature and a changing character. Thank you so much for that. That's okay. So I hope you've enjoyed... $10. I hope you've enjoyed our take on the character and nature of war. Uh, I don't really mind if you've enjoyed it or not. I just hope that you've downloaded it, listened to it, and told your friends. Thanks for the stats. <laughs> thanks. Hashtag thanks for, for the stats. stats. <laughs> um, so we have got some ways that you can uh, reach out and chat with us. Yep. We have our Facebook page. Yeah, we Facebook.com uh, forward slash. It is. I said backslash a couple of weeks ago and it hollowed me. I don't know what a backslash is. That's right. <laughs> um, forward slash. Uh, war for idiots. And on Twitter, you can catch us at at War Neural for Idiots. Yeah, that's right. And also, you can catch us individually because some people don't like talking to the other one. Mm -hmm. um, You're the other one. Um, so I'm at Mick hey. underscore Cook, and you are <laughs> at Richie underscore T T T. Cool. And what you may find on those social media accounts are ways to support the show through purchasing some wicked high-priced merchandise. Mm, I mean, high-quality. Merch is good. It's also high-priced. Um, I'm sitting here not drinking out of our coffee mug because, man, you know... My coffee right It doesn't really work buying my merchandise <coughs> to support me. Don't use your own product, man. Don't, Don't use, use your own, own product. product. But hey, if you do buy any of our products on the store at zazzle.com.au forward slash mm -hmm. the underscore dead underscore Prussian, please take a photo of you with our products. That'd be cool. Doing everyday idiot stuff. Because be cool. we just want to know if you like the stuff. That'd be cool. And if you don't buy the stuff and you tell us you don't like it, you don't count. So, look, we hope uh, you keep on listening. Uh, tell a friend. Uh, remember that war has a enduring nature and changing character. Yep, you got it right. Yes. Most importantly, finally yes. got it right. Um, and until next time, this is Rich. And this is Mick. And remember that we may be idiots. But so are you. Oh, goodbye. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license.